0: He's always been athletic, but now Brian plays basketball with his sister's kidney at the Transplant Games of America.
1: The Transplant Games of America are designed to promote organ transplantation. We want to show the world that we can participate in these sports and that we can have a a normal life.
0: That's kidney transplant recipient and team manager for Transplant Life Illinois, Brian Steiner. I'm Monica Fox, Kidney Transplant Recipient and Director of Outreach and Government Relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and your host. On this episode of The Journey Continues, Brian shares how he maintains a healthy, active lifestyle as a transplant recipient. Hey Brian, let's just get right into it. How'd your kidney journey start?
1: well my journey started with pilot lessons I was um, I've always wanted to learn how to fly so I started taking lessons and when I had to solo I had to take a pretty extensive physical and that's when they found um, blood or protein in my um, my urine and so we went and did further testing I was referred to a nephrologist had a biopsy and it turned out that I had a uh, igan which is uh immunoglobulin a neuropathy
0: and Um, how'd you feel when you got that diagnosis
1: well not bad at all the um the the doctor said that it was like a one there was like a one percent chance that you would need a transplant so to me i was to me that just you know that didn't mean much i i just thought okay well i'm gonna move on with my life and uh you know, my mom and my sister were both there at that biopsy and they pretty much were the same way. And so we didn't really think much of it. But, you know, that changed, you know, five years later when I uh, discovered blood in my urine, I went back to the nephrologist and he said, yeah, it looks like you're going to need a transplant. And that's when, you know, it became a lot more emotional and uh, it hit me a lot harder. I, I recall when I got that, that information, and I was driving back home Like I actually was, you know, I cried and I thought, you know, my life was over. I thought, you know, I was actually going to die possibly. Then that was pretty short lived because then I started researching and started understanding it better, getting a little more comfortable with the idea and went from there.
0: So obviously you had some fears and expectations when you heard that you needed a transplant, your kidneys were failing. What proved to be different? Than those fears and expectations that you had initially as you went along?
1: After doing this research, I, I learned how there was a, was a lot more common than I thought of with kidney transplants and how successful they were. And I just, you know, I always, you know, I always try to look on the, the bright side of everything and put a positive spin. So I just thought, okay, well, I need a transplant. Um, I, I see that lots of people are having transplants and they're living normal lives, and and I thought if I was gonna get some kind of disease that you know, this was better than a lot of other diseases out there. And so that was my way of of trying to put a positive spin on my situation.
0: Yes, that makes sense. And so at that time, did you have a donor that you knew of or
1: um, not right at that moment. First, I contacted my parents and told them what was going on. Um, it wasn't that long afterwards where I um, knew that my brother and sister both would had volunteered to uh, get tested. My parents even, you know, volunteered to get tested initially, but we knew that uh, siblings had a better chance of uh, matching up. And so um, both my brother and sister did the antigen test and uh, my sister was the better match. And so she was the one that was um, volunteering to uh, give me a kidney.
0: Are your siblings older or younger than you or both?
1: They're younger. My brother's a year younger and my sister's two years younger.
0: So you must be a nice big brother, huh? That they both set forward to be willing to save your life. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. So did you, so you, you went through the transplant process. Was there any talk of dialysis? Did you have to spend any time on dialysis during your journey?
1: Since I knew that I had a donor, I didn't at that time realize that I was going to need dialysis. But as it turned out, when it got closer to my transplant, we had it scheduled. My sister was out of the country and the doctors were, were getting worried that my levels were going to drop to the point where I would be in danger. It was, it was becoming a slippery slope. So the doctors decided to put a catheter in me and start dialysis. So I did go through dialysis for about a month, 10 sessions before my sister was back in the country and we were able to you know perform the transplant.
0: During those 10 sessions, did you have any issues on dialysis?
1: I would say the first uh, two or three dialysis sessions, I became very nauseated afterwards, and to the point where I, I threw up a couple times. It was it wasn't fun, and it's and it's not fun sitting in that chair for three or four hours three times a week. But I, after a while, I kind of I think my body kind of got used to it a little bit. I still would feel kind of icky at times, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a, a roller coaster ride going in and and then letting your body adjust
0: yes dialysis is a life-saving process but uh, not an easy one to live through and experience
1: yeah it's 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 rough because uh you know your your kidneys are constantly removing toxins from your blood in real time and what dialysis is is it's doing the same thing but like for example every three days and so it's like uh your, your body is is your blood is getting dirty and 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 then once once the you go on dial go to the dialysis machine it cleans it like really quick and that is it's incredible how cleaning your blood would get you sick but that's it's it's you know it's really rough on the body
0: yeah it's a real shock to your system it sure is yeah yeah well i'm glad that you did not have to
1: experience
0: that for long so your sister she's a hero she saved your life and all Does she wear a cape these days?
1: You know, she does not wear a cape. She does not consider herself a hero. She's a nurse and she's uh, been in the medical field all her life. She just knew it was the right thing to do. You know, I'm her brother and she understood the risks and she understood what I was going through and she volunteered and that's it. But she doesn't consider herself a hero at all. (laughs) She is, is, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And so she is like so many other living donors who give such a life-saving gift and do not consider themselves heroes. Um, But it's really a beautiful thing that she did for you. And I'm so happy that she did. Mm -hmm. How'd your health impact your family? I mean, how old were you when all this happened? And did this have an overall impact besides your siblings just stepping up and saying, okay, I'll, I'll give you one of mine?
1: When I first learned that I'm, I, there was a 1% chance that I would need a transplant, that was in 1993. I was uh, 29 years old. That didn't really impact my life at all. I was, you know, extremely involved in sports, especially basketball and volleyball. I was always out doing something and um, very driven when it came to sports, very competitive. And then when we found out that I was going to need a transplant, I know it, it seems so seamless to me where my 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 sister and brother you know volunteered they got tested my sister was a match it just seemed to you know all come together it doesn't feel like there was a a huge impact at all from from my perspective
0: Well that's that's great I'm glad to hear that And how's being a transplant recipient changed your outlook on life
1: Definitely a, you know a greater appreciation for life for sure I know that's a cliche but it's definitely true I think I have a uh, a greater empathy for those, not just, you know, that are going through transplantation, but other diseases as well. I, you know, now that I'm, you know, in this situation of being a transplant and going through the routine of medication and the ups and the downs, I'm uh, more aware of other people's misfortunes.
0: I can relate to all of that for sure, firsthand. And what was your post-transplant recovery like?
1: Leading up to my transplant, and like I said, I was heavily involved in sports. My energy level apparently was, you know, was going down, but I didn't realize it because I was so involved in sports and so driven. But when I had my transplant and I was up and was able to like stand up and walk the hallways, It was amazing how much energy i had that i didn't realize i had lost and so i felt great i was walking down the hall and doing a spin dance move you know walking down (laughs) walking down to my sister's room to go check on her and stuff and it was great for me now my sister on the other hand she had you know a harder time she was one kidney short and so her body was getting used to that her body was all puffed up from the transplant and so she was still recovering. So she had a little bit harder recovery initially Um, before we got out of the hospital. So
0: Wow. I could just, I just got a visual in my head of you, you know, spinning around the hospital uh, hallways and doing the moonwalk and all that.
1: Oh yeah. With <laughs> your had-
0: newfound post-transplant
1: energy. Yeah, well, I had that. I had that IV stand with the IV bag attached to me, so I I was rolling that (laughs) down the hallway with me. And so, yeah, it is quite an image.
0: (laughs) I can I can see it, and uh, you know, they give you a little bit of prednisone then too. That helps with the energy level.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, not a little, a lot. (laughs) Uh, I I remember the I remember the puffy face, and I remember oh the prednisone. (laughs) I remember what that did to me. I had the puffy face. And it makes you hungry. Yeah. I was when when I finally went back to work and I was still on high doses of prednisone at the beginning, I would go to work with my lunch and I would eat it by ten (laughs) o'clock. And by twelve thirty, I was down in the cafeteria getting another lunch. Seriously. It was it's (laughs) crazy what it what it does to your your appetite.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. The fun stories us post transplant uh, recipients can share. So when were you able to return to work and normal activities? And
1: Returning to work, I was scheduled to be out for, I want to say, six weeks, maybe eight weeks. I was supposed to be out, but I do recall that I came back to work like a couple of weeks early because I just, I was feeling pretty good. And being in the uh, telecom industry and just sitting at a computer all day, it was easy for me to just sit at work and be there as easy as being at home.
0: So you were very active athletically. When were you able to get back to you know playing basketball and doing the athletic things that you loved?
1: Yeah, I stayed away from, from sports for a little while, but my surgery was in June. And I don't think I started playing basketball until like October or November. I actually ran the basketball leagues for AT&T. So I obviously wanted to get involved in playing again. And so by that time, I was I was ready to play. I took it easy at first, but then I was 100% after a while.
0: (laughs) That's great. And so now you're the manager of um, Team Illinois with Transplant Life Illinois. Uh Uh, When did you get involved with them?
1: I got involved with uh, the team manager position this last set of games. But before that, I was uh, the vice president of Transplant Life Illinois. You know, I've been playing since 2004. Those were my first games. I did help out here and there before I had an official position, like helping out with uh, hotels and and things like that.
0: So the Transplant Games of America, when and where do they take place?
1: Well, they take place every two years and they actually move around the country. They were supposed to be in New Jersey this year, but because of the pandemic, it's going to be a virtual event. But when I first started in 2004, they were in Minneapolis and from there, it's been Louisville, Pittsburgh, then we went up to Madison, Grand Rapids, Houston, Cleveland, Salt Lake City, and then the games for this year. And then next year, they are going to go go to San Diego, which I'm very excited about because I love San Diego and can't wait to visit again.
0: I love San Diego too. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That'll be fun.
1: And so why was getting
0: involved with Team Illinois important to your post-transplant life?
1: I'm a, um, an organizer. I love to, I love to be involved. I love to organize things and and I wanted to also help advocate for transplantation and show the world that we can do normal things after a transplant. Whether you're a recipient or a donor, we can go out there and play basketball just as hard as anybody can compete in any sport, any given thing. That's um, part of the transplant games just as easily as anybody. And we, and we wanted to show the world that uh, we could do that.
0: And so what events do you participate in?
1: Well, I play on the basketball team and the volleyball team. Those are the, the two main sports that I would play at the transplant games. Um, I'm a basketball junkie. I, I mean, I've played basketball since I was uh, in elementary school. I was on the basketball team as a manager in high school. And I in college, I played almost every night. And so... Um, I was definitely playing a lot of basketball. The reason I play just basketball and volleyball was because I would always bring my family to the transplant games. And so during the day, we would use that time to do a little sightseeing and be kind of family time. But there were a few times when the family didn't come and I would get involved in like ping pong and badminton. And because, you know, I love every sport.
0: Well, I think it's great that you have found a way post-transplant to use your athletic energy and prowess to, to stay busy, stay involved and active. Tell me more about the Transplant Games of America and the other events. You mentioned ping pong and some others.
1: Well, the Transplant Games of America are designed to promote organ transplantation that's the main reason we're there. We want to show the world that we can participate in these sports and that we can have a, a normal life. The transplant games are just like a regular Olympics. We have a opening ceremony with a torch, and we have a closing ceremony, and we have all these events in between from basketball, volleyball, tennis. We have swimming events, track and field events, golf, badminton, bowling, ping pong, darts, bags, they even added pickleball for the last couple of games. I mean, you name it, they try to add it to the list. And if you're not the athletic type, it doesn't matter. You can play in these sports. Just you know, We, we do it for, for, for promoting organ transplantation and for the camaraderie, and, and, and so it's, it doesn't matter. And if you want, you can also play uh, poker or trivia. Um, which are non-athletic events, so there's something for everybody, and there's even things for donor families. Um, well, they've got you know a quilt ceremony and other things that are geared for anybody supporters that that show up to the games.
0: Yes, it is a wonderful time and a time to meet people from all over the country. Donor, living donors, donor families, recipients, transplant recipients of all organs and tissues. Yes. So it it is um it's wonderful, and let's not forget ballroom dancing is another one of the events for oh yeah dancers who might be listening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I remember you out there on the floor. So,
0: (laughs) so and and it's important to say that you don't have to be an established athlete to participate. You do not. You know, I had never danced before, and I took some dance lessons and the weeks leading up to it in that added a level of activity to my life so people who aren't athletic should be encouraged as well to participate and be a part of the games and it it definitely enhances your life on many different levels i'd say
1: yeah it's 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 not about winning it's about going out there and just having fun and and showing the world what organ transplantation can do for you
0: so what would you say to encourage other transplant recipients to get involved with Transplant Life Illinois and the Games?
1: I would say do it. You might regret not doing it down the road. I've built up so many friendships over the years, uh, the camaraderie. That's the reason I go, not just to compete. For me, it's a, the social aspect of it. It's It's a good time.
0: Well, thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate you spending this time with me sharing your kidney journey helping us to learn more about Transplant Life Illinois and the Transplant Games of America.
1: My pleasure and you're welcome.
0: Staying active and healthy is so important for recipients and their living donors after a transplant. And competing in the Transplant Games is a great way to keep your body moving with a supportive team cheering you on. For more information about joining or supporting Transplant Life Illinois, Visit GoTeamIllinois.org. At NKFI, prevention is a major part of our mission. That's why at the end of each episode, you will hear a nutrition tip. Here's Dr. Melissa
2: Prest. Here's today's nutrition tip about calcium. Calcium is a mineral that is essential to bones and teeth, with 99% of the calcium in our body stored in them. Our bones are constantly being broken down and rebuilt and we use the stored calcium in our body to do this process our nerves heart and the ability to clot blood all use calcium to do their work as well as we age we start to lose the amount of calcium stored in our body in women as estrogen levels decline with age calcium absorption can also decline calcium is rich in yogurt milk fortified dairy alternatives like soy milk and almond milk sardines and salmon with bones, cheese, tofu, green leafy vegetables like broccoli, turnip leaves and kale, fortified breakfast cereals, fortified juices, nuts and seeds, legumes and greens, cornmeal and corn tortillas. Calcium is better absorbed by your body if you eat a food with vitamin D in it as well. So milk fortified with vitamin D allows you to better absorb the calcium in milk. Adults aged 19 years or older need 1,000 milligrams a day of calcium, and women over the age of 51 need 1,200 milligrams per day. Eating three servings of dairy foods a day can help you meet that goal. If you have chronic kidney disease, you may have to limit the amount of dairy-rich foods per day. Talk with your kidney doctor to know how much calcium a day is right for you. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Press, a registered dietitian-nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois.
0: The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts
2: or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.